Hey, boys and girls, welcome back to Scott Bridwell. It's my podcast. It's funny, people always ask me, so what's the name of your podcast? I guess they're expecting something really creative, and I just said Scott Bridwell. And <laughs> I just kind of laugh. But that's the name of it. You should be able to find it in pretty much any uh, platform that you find podcasts on. So I appreciate you taking time to listen to it. Uh, if you would, share these. Maybe comment. Let people know what you think about them. Get the word out. Can you believe this? This is the 13th episode. I had hoped this would do as well as it is. Uh, but more than anything, I just wanted to have fun. And that's what I'm having. Sitting down, talking to different people I get to talk to. I got a couple coming up that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, one in particular I just secured this weekend. We're going to sit down over a Thanksgiving weekend and have a chat. She's an author. She's from Athens. She's got several books in publication right now that you can find at any major retailer. I've been wanting to have that conversation for a long time. Matter of fact, when I first started thinking about doing this type of a podcast, she was one of the first ones that came to my mind. So she's agreed to sit down with me, so I'm excited about that. Look forward to that. Um, also, let's see, what's been going on? Well, we've had, here at the farm, we've had a couple of baby calves born. Uh, last week we had two, and then I think we had two more this morning, so i got to get out there and check on them here in a little bit. But one of them, last week I was uh, out there feeding hay and grain, and I'm driving the tractor, and this brand new baby calf is maybe about two, two days old, starts chasing my tractor, and then it gets in front of the tractor and stops. So I try to drive around it, and it gets back in front of the tractor and stops. I try to drive around it, and it gets back in front of the tractor and stops again. So finally I just get off. I think maybe I'll fall walk toward it run off because that's typically what happens this little calf just stood there so i start petting it and loving on it so it's pretty cool little thing i wish somebody got in a video of that but anyways um i had some calves more two more today so we're gonna see how that goes it's it's busy life here on the farm uh last week i was also fairly busy i recorded let's see 17 promotional videos for the chamber of commerce here in athens and etowah you can find those if you're uh, if you're from Athens. Just go to Athens Area Chamber of Commerce or the Etowah Area Chamber of Commerce or go to my Facebook page. I've been sharing them there as well. That's been really cool. Got to talk to a lot of different uh, leaders and uh, people throughout the city of Athens. And we were talking about Shop Small, which is a uh, na- nationwide event promoting small businesses and uh, promoting you to go out and shop at them on Saturday, November 24th. And so... I got to go around all those different businesses and do little promotional videos. It was really fun, but I also got to record this podcast that we're going to listen to today. My guest today is uh, Christy Mao. Christy is the owner of Creekside Massage and Yoga Studio. I started going there in June. Matter of fact, it was June 22nd, my birthday of 2016. It was one of the things I wanted to do for my birthday. I wanted to try something different. So I go out there and took a yoga class and just absolutely fell in love with it. So guys, if you're not doing yoga, I encourage you to look into it. A lot of MMA fighters, a lot of combat sport guys are doing it. A lot of athletes are doing it. They find it not only good for their health, they find it good for their mind and their soul. It's just a, it's, it's a great practice to get into. Christy and I talk about that. We talk about some of her own personal journeys in life and... Um, it's just a great time. We just sat down on the floor, pulled out the microphones, and chatted. Ashley also joins us. Ashley is a uh, yoga instructor and Christy's assistant out at Creekside. 
They're both beautiful uh, ladies. They're both wonderful souls. Uh, if you don't know them, I encourage you to get out there and introduce yourself and get to know them. Ladies and gentlemen, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Christy Mao. What they told me this year. I got bifocals. Okay. And I went to get checked for contacts the other day because I was tired of wearing glasses. And he said, well, I can get you bifocals, but you have, you need bifocals. You have a slight stigmatism and you're nearsighted. Mm -hmm. So bifocals will help with two of those things, but I can't do all three. And he said, the benefit of the glasses is you can always pull your glasses off. You can't just pull your contacts out when you yes. want to read. I'm like, well, I'll stick with glasses. <laughs> I don't want it. Yeah. So how do you say your last name? Mayu. Mayu. Okay. I was thinking, I was like, how do you say her last name? I thought that's how you said it because you had it spelled phonetically that way? Yes. What's the heritage to that name? Is that the right word? It's Romanian. Romanian. Yes. Are you Romanian? No. Well, no. I, I am. Are you? Through Ancestry, I discovered. Um, but no, that name is not mine. <laughs> I just kept it. You just kept it. Uh, what Ancestry did you use? Um, Ancestry.com. Okay. To do the DNA. Yeah, I didn't know if you did like 23andMe or if you did Ancestry. Yeah, or... yeah Ancestry. Do you like that? Um, I do. Yeah, I, and at this point, I've had several family members that's done it. So when multiple do it, it starts to tie down even closer. So my percentages and certain things have gone up. And changed. So what was your big surprising find in all that? Um, it shouldn't have been, but um, I think the Asia oh, part. Yeah? Um, yeah, and which was actually India. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it probably shouldn't have surprised me, but it did. <laughs> Shouldn't surprise me. Are you worried about it? now your DNA is in this uh, huge database and Big Brother is going to know who you are? Well, I, I did consider all of that. I have a brother who is a felon. Uh -huh. And so my DNA profile is technically already in the government because yeah. they have his. They have his. So when I, I did, I was like, well, it's already there. So Well, they caught that cop uh -huh. uh, in California here recently or, or somebody who committed a bunch of murders or whatever. And they caught him because of a DNA profile of somebody in his family. Did. Yes. That's yes. scary. Yes. I Somebody asked me about it because when I was in the Marine Corps, they took our DNA. Mm -hmm. I well, the government's got my DNA. I mean, yours is a private company. Yes. Mine's the actual federal government. Right. <laughs> so I'm a little bit more afraid of that than I am a private company having yeah. it. But uh, somebody asked uh, last year, everybody was doing these for Christmas gifts. Mm -hmm. Is that how you get yours? Uh, no, I did mine just out of curiosity. And then I gave, I gifted one to my mom and then my kids for the holidays. Yeah, I was afraid of doing it with the kid thing. You know, what if you're not your kids? Well, I will say this. <laughs> I did not experience it personally, but um, I had, I've had two family members to discover that their father was not their father Ooh. in the process. So Ugh. that is a scary situation. So who gifted them that? Yeah, that one was not me. 
please tell me it wasn't their mother or their yeah. father that gifted that to them. Um, I don't know, you know. Wouldn't that be weird? Oh, this is such a great gift. Let's give this to our kids for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, yeah. mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be horrible. So Christy Mau, uh, I met you, what, a year and a half? Yeah. I'll tell you exactly when I met you. June 22nd, 2017. Okay. It's my birthday. Birthday. It was uh, the first yoga class I took. So I think I, I believe that's there. correct. I, I remember wishing you a happy birthday. Yeah, it's my first first yeah. one. I'd always thought about doing yoga and just never did it. And then I moved here and I thought there's yoga in Athens, Tennessee. And so uh, I was going to try it. And I was looking for something to do on my birthday. And I thought, well, let's do something new. And I went and did that and um, thoroughly enjoyed it. How long have you been involved with yoga? I have been doing yoga for, I guess, about 13 years now. What got you started? Looking for something better <laughs> or different. Looking to feel better was really, I was in my 20s. I felt terrible, lots of medication, and I just needed something. So I went searching. Wow. So um, you went searching, yes. and I'm sure this wasn't the first thing you searched for. Or... No, um, I did lots of exercise. I'm very athletic, and I've always done that. It just nothing fit anymore. Uh-huh. Um, so my kids was actually doing Taekwondo. Okay. And their instructor's wife does yoga fit there. What's yoga fit versus yoga? So yoga fit is more of a fitness style. Your the planks you may do fifty planks oh, in okay. an hour. Okay, like a CrossFit yoga. Yes, yes. Blend hybrid. Yes, and uh, so that's actually how I got started, and I loved it. I just needed more than what was being taught in that classroom because it was more fitness based. And so that's when I started reading and researching. And then went down that rabbit hole. Then I'm in the rabbit hole. <laughs> then that rabbit hole. The thing about, uh, I actually read a sentence on the deck this morning, um, scrolling through your phone, and I, I'm over in my news feed. Not my, not my social media news feed, but my other news feed. And it had a study, and I didn't read it, just read the headlines, which my kids hate. Because I just say, well, yeah, I read that headline. Did you read the article? Right. <laughs> but the headline said that um, depression is higher among people in the gym, and uh, as a result, yoga is growing exponentially. More and more people are seeking out yoga for uh, peacefulness and mindfulness yes. and doing all that. What's the difference between the two? I mean, since you've experienced it, what was the difference? Why? Why? Because a lot of people say, "Well, fitness." And the gym and exercise helps me relax. And you said, well, I tried that, but this. So the difference is for me mm-hmm. and from some of the people that's expressed the same same situation. In a gym, first of all, you're probably not breathing. And if you are, you're not breathing correctly. Right. Yoga will teach you to breathe. You always have to remind me when I'm, well, Ashley does. <laughs> Ashley's like, breathe. <laughs> I'm like, yes. 
It's weird having a woman say, just breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's probably one of the biggest things that is the difference in that. But then when you do yoga and not um, just working out, then you're mm-hmm. meditating, um, which is all the things I teach you to breathe. I teach you to meditate as well as the poses in our classes. And that's the difference. The meditation and the breathing is where it starts to work on your blood pressure, lower anxiety, um, help with depression, not just the pose itself. It's the rest of the stuff we do while we're in the pose. Right. I was explaining to somebody about the poses. I said the poses in and of itself isn't magical. I mean, anybody could just, you know, do this. But then do this for like a couple minutes. Yes. And what it forces you to do is it forces you to, to, to block out all the other crazy stuff that's in your head. You're, mm-hmm. you're focusing on holding this pose. And and to do that, you're having to breathe. And you're having to think about this pose. And you think about this pose. And you're breathing. And it just pushes all the other stuff to the side. And that's where the meditation comes in for me. Because yes. I'm meditating on, okay, you can do this. You can do this. It's a self self-affirming yes type of thing a mantra it's a mantra and I do try to teach people to find one for them Mm -hmm. to say when I started this journey mine was I am safe there's been times in my life I wasn't and when I go to a new experience I want to feel safe so I would just kind of repeat that to myself until one day I, I no longer repeated it Wow. And um, so I do encourage everyone to kind of find one of those little mantras to. I didn't think about what my mantra was. I have to think about that next time I do a yoga class. Mm-hmm. What's my mantra? But that, and then, you know, I, talk, I think I mentioned this on my social media a couple of times. Is uh, It's funny because guys will be like, you're doing yoga? Like it's a a girl thing. Right. And, and that sounds demeaning and that's how they mean it. They mm-hmm. mean it demeaning. Yes. And I'm like. I'll buy the mat and I'll pay for the class. Come with me. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I mean, it's not easy. No, no, it's not. And I've, my son is 20 years old, very athletic, mm-hmm. has been his entire life. And he'll kind of see me do something and giggle and say, well, I can do that. Come on, big boy. <laughs> and then he just, that's when he's like, okay, all right, th- this hurts. This is not. And so it is, it's. It may look easy or it may, for some people, so some people look at it and think, oh, that's nothing. And some people look at it and go, I can never do that. And neither is true. Right. Neither is true. Neither is true. Neither is true. That's the thing that I appreciate about yoga is because when I talk to some people, I can never do that. Well, you don't understand yoga. It's, it's as much as you can do. Yes. Until you can do more. It meets you where you are. Right, and I don't care what your physical condition is. I don't care. Uh, I, I it really it doesn't matter what right. your physical condition is. No. There's a yoga for there you. There is always a yoga for you. If you uh, need to be in a chair, there's a yoga for you. If there's a meditation yoga, it's called it's yoga nidra. So it's the yoga sleep. Um, it's kind of a guided meditation. You do nothing but lay still mm-hmm. for the whole time. So there's something that everyone can do well i know like uh i've 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 known meditation for years it's just part of my background and i've I've known it for years and and i've practiced parts of meditation for years for various reasons but i'll find myself back to your breathing which was talking about breathing the other day i mean just a few minutes ago 
I'll find myself when something stressful or something frustrating, not not stressful. Maybe I drop something. Yes. And my tendency is just to kick that thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'll stop, and I'll do that uh, uh, that breathing. Equal ratio. Equal ratio breathing, yes. right? I'll just breathe in, count of four. I'll breathe out, count of four. And I'll do yes. that like three or four times. Mm-hmm. Gather myself, pick my stuff up, and go on. And um, guys at work have noticed it. Like, yes. Is that that yoga thing? It's tied to the yoga thing. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It it's a lifesaver. You know, you can do that in the car. You get road rage. Mm-hmm. Just breathe and count. And and in a moment you'll forget. You'll forget what why necessarily you're it just won't matter. It gives you time to just See, and that's not a mystical thing. That's an actual physical Yes thing that's taking place there yes and and that's what i think a lot of people don't get they, they look at yoga with a lot of mystery and they look at yoga with a lot of uh uh eastern religion right. type of ties to it right. which it has that yes it does it, it has that and it depends on where you go on whether if you'll get you'll hear any of that in the classroom um so, correct so you know it just and and based on where you go, there may be absolutely none of that involved or a lot of it. It just so you, every, there's a path for everybody. I like that. Yes. There's a path for everybody. Uh, well, and that's my thing. There's some even though yes, various there is a religious aspect to it on in one sense. There's a mystical aspect to it on the other sense. There's a very physical, physiological thing that's taking place. When you're doing these poses, there's endorphins. Yes. There's all sorts of things that's being released. You're stretching your body in new ways. You're. I was talking to a guy last night about uh, mental exercises, about how when you do things differently, as simple as brushing your teeth with your left hand. Yes. You're rewiring neurons and stuff in your brain, and you're learning new things, and your mm-hmm. brain's growing. And that's the same thing with yoga when you've never done it. Right. You start doing something new with your body. Your brain's going, okay, wait, this is new. How do I do this? And you just feel better. You do. So one of the things that like, I like to talk about is in this microwave state of life that we live in, everything's instant, we are also living in a constant state of fight or flight. Mm. And so one hour of yoga, depending on the yoga, it's not a power yoga class, but the meditative yoga class can reduce you, release that fight-or-flight mode that we stay in and give our bodies a chance to begin to heal. Because we don't heal Mm -hmm. in fight-or-flight. We don't digest Mm -mm. in fight-or-flight. All we do is stay in this nervous, tense, tight, ready for the next anything to happen. And so that one hour is a time that, our bodies just stop fighting. The rest. The rest. Which a lot of people don't know how to do. Yes. I, I, I all the time hear people talking about, I just don't know how to rest. You know, I can't sleep. Or There's a, in the Jewish tradition, there's the idea of the Sabbath. Yes. You know, you that seventh day you rest. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that. We don't understand that. And I know like in the Christian tradition, well, no, we have the Sabbath on Sunday. Well, you're running like crazy. 
Right. You're running like crazy. You're not resting. You got to get here. You got to get there. You got to do this. Now you get... No. Rest. Rest. Don't work. Rest. Mm-hmm. Don't. In, in that same sense for today, I even recommend no TV. Exactly. Because your body is reacting to what you're listening to or what you're watching. So if you're watching violence or an action and packed, your, your body's reacting to that. I was watching the last episode of Bones, the season uh-huh. series finale. My heart, I was watching my Apple Watch or had my Apple Watch. My heart rate went to 110. Are you serious? Laying in bed watching a TV show. So first of all, I took that watch off. I did not want to know that. <laughs> I don't want to see this. You know, but it made me think this is the truth. I mean, it, this is that was evidence of what I've been saying. I had the evidence immediately. Well, the same thing. We just got out of an election cycle. Thank God. Yes. Well, thank Thor or whoever you want to thank. <laughs> That's over. Yes. Um, how many people were just amped up over what? Right. And and it will stay that way a little bit because the, the losers are mad. Losers are mad. And winners the winners are, are going to boast. And they're going to bait. And, Absolutely. And then you still have some elections that are still up. And, and now everybody's like, oh, this is over. No, 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 no. Yeah. This isn't over. Our team's just picked a side, and they're about to come out and fight again. Yes. And you're going to be over there and fighting again. And I just don't. I used to really enjoy it, politics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of geeked out on it. But then I just turned it off for a while. And um, I'm not near as stressed. (laughs) Yeah. I like it a lot better. Absolutely. I don't share my opinion with anybody on it. Oh, I'll share my opinion. And (laughs) so I I don't, I just giggle at the fights now. Right. And just scroll past them. It's turned more into WWE for me. (laughs) It's like a, it's like a grown up version of WWE. But I, a lot of the fights are just silly. We're not. We're not talking to each other. Yes. We're talking past each other. Yes. It's kind of what I refer to as a uh, social media ping pong. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I started talking about that when I was in the ministry because people get into these theological f- debates. And they weren't talking to each other. We're not actually discussing an exchange of ideas. We're just playing ping pong back and forth. I quote this verse, you quote that verse. I quote this yes. author, you quote that author. And we're just playing ping pong. And I decided a long time ago, I'm I'm not playing verbal ping pong with somebody or social media ping pong. Yes. It's just not good for me. Uh, so you started practicing yoga. At some point, you got deep enough to want to be a instructor. Yeah. So I'll tell you the healing effects that it has had on me and the changes it's had on me. Now, when you say healing, you're not just talking about the... The I'm, mental, emotional. I'm talking mental, physical, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a different person. It, it's rewired your cells. Yeah. Um, it's so it does change you. Uh, so I, I did that, and I, I am. A lot of people don't know this, but I am a survivor of sexual abuse as a child for many, many years. And um, because of that, I've had relationship issues for my entire adulthood. Mm-hmm. Because I could, I, I was, I wasn't a survivor. I was staying that victim. 
that's a key difference. Yes. And so through my yoga practice, meditating and learning how to do this, I learned how to heal those spots and how to love myself again. And that is what made me say there are so many people, men, women, that need this. Maybe not just sexual abuse, but any type of trauma, any type of illness, whether if it's brought on, if it's a mental illness, physical illness, yoga can help it um, in some way. Even like addiction. Even addiction. It helps because it rewires. It helps us to, it's a new way of thinking and doing things. Well, I think the key word you said there was learning to love yourself too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because often I'll hear people say, well, I love so-and-so more than I do myself. And I'm like, no, you can't. Right. You you can't love anybody more than you love yourself. Um, and and I, I get what they're trying to say. But what I'm telling them is I can only give you what I got. And if I don't love me. There's nothing to, to give. give. Right. Yes. And um, so I like that when you said you learned to love yourself again. So the healing physically, I think uh, you were talking one time. Yeah. So... I don't remember the year. I think it was 2009, so maybe about 10 years ago now. I had a stroke, a mini-stroke in Goodwill in Athens. And um, after that happened, I had issues with my left side drooping. My left foot drooped, and I would stumble. Um, And then a little after that, they um, said I had all the markers of multiple sclerosis and began MRIs and wanting to do a spinal tap to confirm that. I did not let yeah, them do that. Um, so I, I had already been doing yoga, but I had quit. I started feeling sorry for myself. Oh, woe is me. I just feel terrible. And so one day I just, I, I was feeling terrible. I couldn't walk up the steps to the apartment And I just got up and I kicked myself in the tush and I said, get up and start doing yoga. Just, just do that at home. I was too embarrassed to try to go somewhere, which was silly, but I I was. And so I got up and just started doing it at home again. You said too embarrassed to try to go someplace. I've talked to some people who are like, you know, hey, come to class. Yes. And I don't do it as much as I want or as much as I should or want. I guess if I wanted it, I'd do it. Um, but I come to class, well, no, I don't people looking at me. Mm-hmm. That is one of the least most judgmental places. It is. It's a yoga studio. It is. Um, and I don't think that people understand that. Well, you didn't. I didn't. Right. Totally didn't. Even while doing, being from that world, I still didn't. I still was timid. Of going in uh-huh. because I wasn't in tip-top shape. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to be. You don't have to be. <laughs> and nobody's looking at you. I mean, granted, I'm sure if I walked in there with some tight yoga pants, people would be like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as your physical ability, as far as your body sh- style or shape, or 
it's the least most judgmental place I know. Absolutely. So you you get up, you kick yourself in the tush, your word, and yeah. uh, you start doing yoga. You've got all these physical problems on your left side. Yeah. Well, and, and in that same moment, I moved back home. I had moved to Florida for a short period. So I moved back home here to Athens, Nyota. And um, my left foot didn't droop. And... I got my balance back and my coordination back, and I was just doing yoga maybe 15, 20 minutes every couple of days Okay. at home. Just 15, 20 minutes every couple of days? Any dietary changes? Anything? No, no, no. Just? Just, that's all I did. That's all I did. How and long did that take? A couple months, if not less. If you see, you see yoga will improve your body if you do yoga one hour a week. You will see a change within two to three weeks. Hmm. Wow. Uh, what? So when you say improve your body? You'll see flexibility, mm-hmm. a greater flexibility, greater strength, greater balance. And uh, just because with every pose that we do, a, a muscle group is strengthening and a muscle group is lengthening. So you're... you're you're getting the flexibility. You're and the getting strength. the flexibility and the strength at the same time. Right, and back to your balance thing, your coordination thing, um, and and I'll go back to the what it's doing to your mind. Yes. I mean, just the fact that your body is having to do these. So, things. Ex- well, that's one of the big things when your body does something that you didn't think it could do. Mm-hmm. Your confident level increases. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's that's a mental boost. Well, right that was there. a big thing for me. I mean, I when I walked into that first class, I I don't know if it was a I didn't know what type of class it was. I'd never done it. Yes. I didn't expect to do well. I did not, because all these ladies were in there doing yoga, and I just assumed they were always in there doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be the odd man. I think I even got in the back that's <laughs> in case I fell. <laughs> Stayed in the back and. Uh, but when I walked out, I was like, I did that. Yes. I did that. I and did it, that. And I didn't go in with the mentality that I won't be able to do this. I went in with the mentality that, okay, this is going to be a challenge. And I'm probably not going to do well, but I'm going to do it. And when I walked out, I was proud of what I did. And I, I just wanted to hug everybody. Yes. I just wanted to hug everybody. And then I told somebody, they said, well, how was yoga? I said, man, I walked out of there. And I just want to get up and just hug everybody. It, I, you feel so great. I did. Yeah. I was so relaxed. Um, I'm trying to think what I did afterwards. But I guess for about an hour or two, it was just like this um, relaxing uh, euphoria. Yes. That was the best. That, that's probably the best way I can explain it. Absolutely. A relaxing euphoria. And I, I immediately went back to when I used to bartend at a music festival in uh, Horning's Hideout in Oregon. And all these hippies, right? <laughs> like, I feel like I'm one of them hippies. I get it now. I just yes. want to go hug everybody. <laughs> the, the only yoga class I didn't enjoy, it was cold. Mm. And uh, that's like when you guys had that one here recently. And it was cold outside. And I was like, eh, I'm going to go to the theater tonight instead of go to <laughs> yoga. <laughs> so I yeah. went to the theater instead, went and saw... Um, it was Black Box Theater oh. at the Art Center in Athens. They had an event going on. So I went and did that instead because I thought, I don't want to go outside in the cold. Well, it was warm. Was that it? Was, yeah, that morning it had been rainy and cold. 
And that afternoon, at the the world just opened up. It was beautiful. So you get, you guys did that at uh, Eco Park? Eco Park over there behind Denso, some sort of where... Um, well, I know exactly where it's at. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. I know. It's one of the hidden things in uh, in Athens that... How do I describe this? It's one of the best kept secrets in Athens. Yes, yeah. Because it's, it's a beautiful park. It is. A nice walking trail. Yeah, and did you notice that they get the little signs that tells you what the yes. uh, trees are and... And all that, and they yeah. get that nice little. Did you guys use that pavilion area? We did. Yeah, we we did the yoga out in the grass, but then we kind of had fellowship afterwards and hung out for another fifteen, maybe thirty minutes. Yeah, in the pavilion. It's a because it's a Japanese inspired uh, structure architecture. Yes, and I know they got more plans for it. I was telling somebody that the, uh, that's a great example of corporate and government coming together and creating a beautiful space. Uh, I don't know what their plans are in the future for it as far as further expansion, but it is, like you said, or like we said, it's one of the best-kept secrets in Athens. Well, and it also has one of the book exchanges for— oh, those little free libraries? Yes. Aren't those cute? So that is really neat. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a nice, that was a nice thing to see. It is. I've seen a few of those around— around town and um somebody made a joke they said well we mean it's a free library we have a free library well okay well this one's in your neighborhood yes <laughs> you just put a book in there and take a book it's not that big a deal yes uh i first saw those when i was in the pacific northwest and so when i moved here and i saw them i was like that's a great idea especially if you're in a neighborhood that's got a lot of kids yeah or i guess if you're just in a neighborhood like a walking neighborhood yeah that would be nice too yeah just exchange books yeah do you read a lot i mean i saw your library yes I read a lot. I, I've not read as much in the last, um, this last year. I've gotten addicted to audibles. Oh, yeah. So that's made it hard to read again. But you're still kind of reading. I mean, you're still. You're still, yeah. You're still taking in content. You're taking it in. Now, there has been a few books that I've listened to, and then I bought the hard copy. I just listened to one. I think I'm going to go buy the hard copy. And now I want to listen to it and read along. Oh, yeah. So I like uh, audiobooks that the author is narrating. Yes, those are amazing. Those are better. Because mm-hmm. he's going to give, or he or she, the author is going to give the intonation. They're going to give the emphasis where they want it. Yes. Or if you just hire a narrator, is Will they get the feel of it or give that? Absolutely. Uh, mm. So which one are you going to buy? Um. Davigi. So Davigi is. So I was um, waiting for something like with Fabio on the cover. <laughs> no. So Davigi is. Like, no, I write those. <laughs> is a, a great meditation teacher. Okay. And so he's got several books out um, where he teaches you to meditate and does guided meditations in the audibles part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I. I, I really enjoy his, and I'll take the hard copy now and study almost like a textbook. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the name of that book? Secrets to Meditation. Secrets to Meditation. I'll try to link that in the show notes. Okay. That way we can say, hey, Secrets to Meditation, Davigi. Uh, the, now, we've come back to meditation a couple of times. Let's, let's define meditation for somebody who's i mean because i'll be honest with you coming from a western mentality 
when you mention meditation to a lot of people who's not studied it, yes. who's not familiar with it, you've got somebody sitting sitting like we are on the ground, uh, on the floor, and got their hands out, <laughs> forming some sort of, on their knees, forming mm-hmm. some sort of sign, and they're just got their eyes closed, and they're going, um. That is the image. <laughs> that is the image, right? Yes. Or they picture some Buddha under a tree. and So let's let's break down this image or the stereotype and so, talk to them. Well, meditation can truly be anything that you find relaxing. It's not that you're quieting your mind because our minds don't truly quiet. It helps us shift through. Um, so it's just... I've got one friend who meditates while cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, I can meditate while walking. And I, I actually do lead mindful walks. So I teach you to do that as well. Um, so it's any, and it, it can be 30 seconds. It can be 30 minutes. What do you have? And that's that's what you that that's meditation it's just learning to shift through so one of the things that i like to do is picture a creek okay and there's a leaf flowing down and i'm sitting here trying to meditate or trying to quieten my mind and oh christy you need to go to the grocery store well i'm going to take that and put it on that leaf and it's just going to float away so you're doing a, that's a more of a mindful Meditation. A mindful meditation. And it's to simplify. You can take a candle and just sit in any way that's comfortable and watch the candle burn. There's something intoxicating about watching a flame. Yes. And I noticed that when I was uh, in the Marine Corps. We didn't get the when we were overseas because of light discipline. Because the last thing you want at night when you're in a bad guy territory is a flame. Because yes. <laughs> you go, oh. There's, there they are. There they are. So we didn't get to burn a lot. Uh, have have having fires. Couldn't even have a cigarette or nothing like that at night. And uh, we finally got to a place where we could burn a fire. And it was a little chilly. So we're all sitting around, and nobody's talking. Everybody's just staring at that flame. And I was like, "This is like the TV of the desert." Yes. Everybody's just staring. There's something mindful of. Uh, uh, intoxicating about it was the word I used, and I know for me I do that every Christmas. I uh, every Christmas day I I have a thing that I remember, and I burn a candle, and I'll just sit by myself and I'll allow myself five or ten minutes, just to go through these memories and just to go through this time with that candle burning. And I never thought about it as a meditative thing. I just thought about it more as a therapeutic thing. Yes, but meditation for me isn't just quieting your mind. Sometimes it's focusing on one thing. Yes. And that that is more the mantra type of meditation. Okay. So that's where you might repeat something or you have an image. You may have a physical picture in front of you or an image in your mind. And so that's focusing on that one thing. Um, and like my mantra was, I am safe or, and it could be anything. It could be anything at all that you, um, if you're wanting to manifest something joyful or abundance in your life, you know, so maybe you're repeating something along that See, that's where, I think mine's different and I don't know what the phrase is because I'll defer to you. 
and I think manifest might be it, but usually when I've got an issue I'm thinking on or I've got something I'm wanting to create uh, or I've got a problem I need to think through, that's when I'll find myself meditating. I'll find myself uh, going on that walk and I'm thinking about this one thing. I'm blocking everything else out, phone's off, TV's off, uh, and all I'm doing is focusing, trying to work through this one issue. Yes. Is that a form of meditation or is that just a form of trying to work through my issues? Uh, it can be. It can be. It it depends on how you're doing it. If you're relaxed doing it. Correct. I'm usually relaxed. Then that, that is a meditative form of it. But if you're doing it in an anxious yeah, that's way, then, then you're stressing yourself. So that is a... Maybe a beginner meditator wouldn't focus on something, a, mm-hmm. a problem or something they're trying to work through because they might tend to stress more. So they might would want to focus on something more pleasant. Right. And usually for me, it's uh, I've got a talk I'm going to give. Yes. Or I've got a monologue I'm working on for the podcast. Or uh, maybe I've read a book and I'm thinking through the issues on this book. Uh but the stress, I get what you're saying. I don't. I, I try to encourage people not to, not to do that because y- you will just beat yourself up. Oh yes, you'll yes. you'll stress yourself out, and you don't need to do that. Uh, that's where you go back to the mindful. Let's just breathe. Yes, yes. Let's just if relax. You, and and that's it's so funny because a lot of people, when you say that, breathe, they'll go, you know, I didn't even realize I wasn't until yeah. you said that. Well, and it's not that you're not. Breathing because obviously you're still standing. You're still, yes, it's the shallow. You're breathing very shallow. You're breathing just enough to exist. Right. You're breathing just enough to take that next step. But if you just stop and breathe in, breathe out, and focus on that breathing, there is a difference to it. I know that a lot of people, because um, I went through this and I've had people tell me this, a lot of people live with their mind so noisy. Yes. It's just so much noise. You got wife, you got kids, you got jobs, you got bills that need to be paid. You got a TV show that you're stressing out about. You've got the news over here. You've got, and your mind is so cluttered. Yes. And I learned to do this before I found yoga, but you've got to learn how to quiet that mind. Yes. And And so that may be that looking at a flame. Right. Well, what I found out was you <clears throat> you attempt to quiet your mind. Yes. You'll attempt it with uh, alcohol. You'll yes. attempt it with sleep aids. You'll attempt it with everything else, and those are destructive. Yes. You've got to find a natural way. We, I'll hear people say, well, I do that with TV. That's that's what I'll, I'll zone out in front of a TV. Well, that's the worst thing that you can do. I agree. I mean, yeah, you do zone out. You do zone out. It's but not that's good. not the your body's still reacting mm-hmm. to what's going on. Back to your Apple Watch. Back to that Apple Watch. I was zoned out, dead in, dead mind, watching mm-hmm. that show. My heart was still reacting to that. My body reacted. So it you know, you're not a zombie watching the T V. And so that's not dead. It's not calming your mind. You just that's what you're thinking. Yeah, you're thinking, okay, I'm I'm relaxing. I'm not out here stressing myself. But no, I hear some men who hunt. Yes. Their meditation has just been on them woods. Yes. Sitting in that tree stand. <laughs> a deer may not walk by and they're perfectly content. For hours. For hours. Absolutely. Uh, and 
I don't know if they would define it as meditation, but that's exactly. That is exactly what they're doing. Exactly. And, and there's something I like being in nature. I don't get out there obviously as much as much as I like. I mean, I see these people posting pictures. Oh, we went and hiked here. We went and saw these falls. Uh, but just when I'm on the farm sometimes. Yes. You know, just driving out there, putting some hay down. I'm in my own world. I'm not stressed about a lot of stuff. I mean, I got stressed this morning because my foot got stuck in the mud, but <laughs> I got out. <laughs> I was like, got it. Well, and you know, that's funny that you say that because you didn't let that ruin your day. A lot right. of people would have said I had the worst day ever. Well, what happened? <sighs> well, this morning I got my foot stuck in the mud. How long did that last? Right. You know? And so we let... Did you have to get rescued? Or? Yeah, you let... Sm- a moment of aggravation or a moment of this shouldn't have happened exactly or or you rushed and done something too quick and it caused this to happen. Exactly. To just define your whole day and not that moment. And that's interesting that you put it that way because people do. They, they let one thing yes. define their day. It could be traffic. It could be, you know, my kid, I just got dressed. I'm about to take my kids out to put them in the car, and they spilled chocolate milk all over my dress. Yes. Okay. So the rest of your day is horrible? Right. Right. But people do. People do. It's it's just a I, – I think I did a little um, – I have a blog I did on that once. A, I broke my nail. I went and got a manicure for the first time in probably a year. Right. Walked in the door and broke my nail the moment I walked in. And I laughed and took a picture of it, put it out there and said, you know, this did not ruin my day. It did not define my day. It was a moment. And it was because I rushed myself Mm -hmm. even instead of just. You got to learn to laugh at things like that. Yes. I mean, I can see why somebody would be upset because manicures aren't cheap. They're not. And, you know, it was one time that I pampered myself and. I'd been feeling bad and did it, and boom. So, <laughs> broke. Well, and that's it. They're not cheap. You spent all this time. You prepared. You went and did it. You're so happy with them, and it broke. But you had got to a point mentally and emotionally where you're just like, okay, I'm just going to laugh at this. Yes. And they say laughter is the best medicine for a reason. Right. So you right. got to learn to laugh at things like that. Now, this morning I – uh how I got my foot stuck was I just basically got off the tractor. I got in this round bell of hay, and uh, I was cutting the strings off of it and the the twine off the hay so I could dump it in the hay feeder. Well, all these cows come up, mm-hmm. and they're trying to eat this hay while I'm cutting the strings off. And, and because this is where I normally feed them, it's really muddy. Okay. And I stepped over in a really muddy spot, and I wear muck boots now. Yes. I used to wear flip-flops. <laughs> Not the best farm shoes. <laughs> and uh, I stepped in, and of course, my it come up to about my ankle. And I thought, okay, that's stuck for a little bit. So I'm, I finally got out, and finally I just reached down and pulled my foot up. And, but, yeah, I don't get stressed out over stuff like that. I used to stress out over a lot. Um, it was killing me. It will. Stress, will. stress will cause inflammation in your body. Right. And inflammation is the root to all disease. Well, it was it was killing me, and I just 
I just got to a point where I just can't do this. I also found out that I was critically low on vitamin D and B12. Yes. And so once I once I start working on that, and then then you start trying to heal yourself. One of the other things I do is journaling. Yes. Do you journal? I do. How often? Not as often as I need to. That's always my answer. Yes. Um, I go through spurts. Yes. Uh, And I do lead meditation classes where I have you to bring your journal and you journal at the end. Mm. So, or I also lead um, shamanic vision quests where you do. We talked about doing one of those. Yes. And so when I do those, I also encourage you to bring a journal because at the end you will write what you've, what your vision was, what your experience was. So for those who don't know, I mean, and, and so when we talk about meditation, people have a stereotype. Uh, certainly when I say shamanic vision quest. Yes. There's a stereotype. Yes. I'm in a sweat lodge someplace. And I got all these hallucinations going on and people dancing and drums beating. Right. Is that what we're doing? Because I'm in. (laughs) I mean, I got naked people dancing around fire. No. If that's it. (laughs) So I don't do the sweat lodge. Those are, I have built one with with a group Uh and I I, I participated in one. Amazing. And if you ever get the chance, must certainly do that. Um, I can tell you where to go. Um, Locally? Locally, Maryville, Tennessee. The place where you had the yoga retreat yes. last year. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so what I do is I have a drum that I built from Rawhide, mm-hmm. and I do the drumming and lead, and just guide you to a meadow. And then from that meadow, you do the rest of the work. Your mind gives you what you, what you experience. We do that in the yoga room. Okay. And uh, not really necessary around a fire. Uh, it Everybody's can't, clothed. <laughs> everyone is clothed, <laughs> and um, and so it's just a drumming, and it's it's a rhythmic drum that puts you into a relaxed, trance-like state, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of like a heartbeat drum. Okay. And that's that rhythm, just puts you in that that moment that. Any preparation to this? I mean, no. we're meditating prior to. Absolutely. We just... The only thing that I that's encourageable is you wouldn't want to drink a cup of coffee, right, or Red Bull, and come and try to sit down and do that. So maybe a chamomile tea. Maybe a chamomile tea, or uh, you know something like that. But that that's about it. It's no prep is needed. You don't need to know how to do anything. I completely guide you for it. Okay. So there you go. That's that's what you do as far yes. as shamanic. Yes. And and the shamanic, just so if no one knows what that, that's Native American. This is Native American traditions. Um, that's. Well, we got to be careful here when we start talking about uh, traditions that aren't uh, Southern Christianity. Yes. Because we just saw what happened here yes. recently yes. as a result of that. And what people don't realize is, as in that, so too with the shamanic. Uh, the idea of that rhythmic, uh, trance-like state goes across all belief systems. Absolutely. Um, you even look at the way, I mean, even like when I've gone to a lot of youth conferences, Christian youth conferences, the way the music's designed yes, is to bring them to this altered state. It's, it's almost hypnotic. Yes. Uh, now that's almost... 
I mean, for me to say that is almost sacrilege. Well, that's not what we're doing. The spirit's moving. Well, okay, but it's designed that way. Right. It, it's the beat of the music is a certain way for a certain reason. Right. And that's what it's doing. It's leading them to a state where they are, I don't want to say more susceptible because it almost sounds like I'm manipulating people in their religious beliefs. And it's not a manipulation. It's, it's, it's not that. It's it, it's a form that helps you open your mind. Correct. It So it doesn't matter where you're doing it. It's going to open your mind for the experience. And your mind will experience rather than staying closed saying, oh, yeah, I don't want to do this. It's It helps you open. Right. That. I'm glad you said it that way because uh, I, when a lot of people from you know my, my Southern Christian tradition – look at things like a shamanic experience or they look at things like meditation or they look at things like yoga, they don't realize that these are very familiar within their own tradition. Yes. And, and, and they cross traditions. Yes. This isn't something unique to just one uh, group of people. Cause, and, and, and I don't think yoga is particularly unique to just India. A lot of traditions... Although probably not as advanced and, and, and not as well known, but a lot of traditions have uh, meditation, they yes. have stretching, they have this type of thing. Yes. Because um, in Tai Chi, that's Asia. Tai Chi is Asia. So the you've got your Chinese medicine, your Japanese medicine, um, and they all work. They all work about the same. Right. They just have different names for some of the same stuff. And that's... I find that with a lot of things. Yes. When you start talking about things on the uh, spiritual side or the metaphysical or the mystical. Yes. Well, your interview with... Um, Angela? Angela that I listened to, I laughed through a lot of it going, this is what I've been saying in my yoga classes. And exactly. it, it, it was so funny to hear it. Well, a lot of people, when they hear about who Angela is and they hear Druid, yes, they automatically have this, they automatically put up a wall. Yes. But if you listen to this interview <laughs> and you talk to her, and the same thing when I talk to people about yoga or meditation or namaste, yes. you know, they automatically put up a wall. Yes. That, that's woo woo. That's this. No, no, no. Listen to them. It's the same thing your ministers have been telling you. Absolutely. Listen Absolutely. to them. There's some truth here, and it's it's what I refer to as universal truth. Yes. You don't own it. I don't own it. It's just truth. It's just truth. It's there. And, and another thing that I've learned recently and, and have been reading about is how science is starting to catch up and can say, I can tell you how that works now. <laughs> like, we've been doing this for 500,000 years, and now... We science. didn't know it worked. We didn't know how it worked, but it worked, and now science is telling us. And that's the beauty of it is <clears throat> it's worked. Yes. And, and science is just not figuring it out, and now they're starting to say, okay, well, let's try this. And, and I am hearing, well, I told you my mother went to her doctor, and I've been telling her, you need to try yoga. Yes. Try yoga. And she's just all whatever. And she goes to her doctor, hoping that her doctor would tell her that I was crazy. Yes. She mentions it to her doctor, and he goes, actually, that would be one of the best things you could do. Absolutely. And I totally agree. I mean, I've heard about people, and I think you even said this, but I've heard about people either coming off or greatly reducing their need for, for medications. Yes. 
um, not only healing. There's that one video on YouTube about that guy that's in the leg braces. Mm. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes as well. But this guy's on leg braces. He's way overweight. Has to have a crutch or a wheelchair to get around. A former WWE wrestler had started a yoga DVD series. Yes. And this guy had been wanting to train and practice yoga, but nobody would work with him. And this guy decided to work with him. And within a year, he'd lost over 100 pounds and was running. He didn't need braces anymore. And the guy looked. It was an amazing transformation. I even did like a little search. Where's he at now? The guy's still doing it. Well, my aunt um, has COPD now. What's that? Um, can, um, it's a heart and lung. I can't remember what the words mean, but it's it's where you're breathing. Right. So she needed oxygen. Okay, okay. So she carried oxygen with her um, everywhere she went. She couldn't walk to, on the park, couldn't do anything. I finally got her doing yoga after two years of trying to get her to do it. One day a week, one hour a week uh-huh. of doing yoga for three weeks. She went and started walking at the park without oxygen. Wow. And now she goes shopping every day, does her little routine, whatever it is she does in the stores every day, and does not carry oxygen with her. Wow. And and just we're not medical professionals. No, absolutely, but, uh, this is not. just what we've experienced. This is an experience, and it's you know. So your degree of COPD or asthma, I have asthma. I went off my daily inhaler for three years because I changed the way I breathed. Wow. Now, not to say I don't have flare-ups or after. A bout of bronchitis, I would I would, would have to go back on my inhaler for a short period until I built back up. So you do have little issues. It, it doesn't go away forever. It's not a cure-all. It's not a cure-all. But it helps you live daily a lot better. It gives you a better quality of life. I I believe that. I, I know just simply if you just get up and move... Yes. You know, that's what I wish some people would do. Just move. Well, just you watch your animals, the dogs, the cats, when they're laying for a couple of hours or 30 minutes before they get up and run away, they stretch. Yeah. And there's a reason they do that. Right. You know, they don't live in the microwave society. <laughs> no. They well, go we ahead. just get up and go. We just get up and go. But if we stretched our bodies before we move, before we get out of bed, before we get up off the couch, we're going to move a little easier. We're going to move a little faster. So do you have a certain routine, routine like a certain time of day? I mean, or you just, hey, I just need to do some yoga. I do yoga all day long. Okay. I do. I will, um, if I feel my back is starting to tense up and mm-hmm. get tight, I'll just stop and start doing some forward folds. Reach for my toes. Oh, I'll do that at work. And ju- it will help. I have compressed discs in my lower back. It will relieve that. Just yeah. a few of those. So it just, everything that I do, I involve yoga in it. If I'm standing at the sink, I'm standing in a balancing pose and tree. Are you really? Yes. <clears throat> and so everything that I do, I incorporate yoga into it. Because why not? If I'm going to stand here for a few minutes or if I'm standing over a pot cooking, I can stand 
in a tree. In tree, I can stand in mountain, or I can I can do every when I do massage, I do warrior and goddess pose. Doing warrior mas- massaging. When I'm yeah, I, so I'm standing in warrior pose giving the massage. So I'm everything that I do, I do yoga in it. So I had my <clears throat> first massage years ago, right? Uh, the then wife got it for me for a birthday present. I left there more stressed than I went in. Oh, yeah, that can happen. I did. And it nothing to do with the masseuse. I just felt... <clears throat> Uneasy. Yeah, I hadn't been that exposed. I mean, I literally just had a towel on. Oh, okay. In a room with a woman that wasn't my wife. Yes. And I felt, okay... Is this appropriate? Is this not appropriate? I'm used to these little motel massage parlors that you see on the side of the road that people talk about. And this wasn't that. Right. This was a professional massage studio, and I walked out and thinking, oh, gosh. Well, so but we, that was more about me. Yeah. So we drape with a sheet and a, and a blanket, so you're more than a towel. I've had the experience with a towel, too, and completely the same, same Well, they may experience. have draped with a sheet, too. I just don't remember. Yeah. I just remember I am... Exposed. You felt very exposed. Yeah, and I could have been in there with a pair of shorts on and felt yes. the same way. I just yeah. this woman touching you with these oils. It's, it's very intimate. It yes. It's a very intimate thing. Yeah. I left there thinking it was probably me and more about my insecurity than. Yes. And I never went back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go back. Just I've never found the time to go back. But um, but that was my first experience with massage. Yeah. So you went from yoga to massage? I did. Well, I've always wanted to be a massage therapist since okay. about 19. And I'm over 40. Okay. So um, finances and being a single mom prevented that. So once my kids was grown, I went to massage school and uh, was able to fulfill that little dream of mine. But I was already a yoga teacher. Okay. Before. So when did you become a yoga teacher and where did you do that at? I. Florida? Took No, I took my first course actually down in Ottawa. It was like a weekend mm-hmm. training and loved it. Um, I now do those types of trainings. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought about doing it. Yeah. Um, so now I, I did. Then I did my 200 hour training in Nashville. Mm-hmm. It took me about seven months. I did one weekend a month. And then I did a 300-hour training. Because when I was looking at it, there's a 200 and 500. Yes. So you have to do your 200 first. Well, that makes sense. Um, that two's before five. Yes. That <laughs> gives you your foundation. Okay. So that's where you learn the physio- the the lifestyle. You learn detail pose breakdown and the anatomy then you add on where you start defining what you want to be teaching and you add on to that so my 300 was actually in shamanic yoga so I learned so you get a bachelor's and then your master's yes that's the way I want to look at that yes you get your beginning got my bachelor's Uh now what I want to master in yes so you went with shamanic yes it's more Native American more Native American why that route? I felt very tied to that, and I always have. Um, I've, I have smudged and um, done that type of ceremonial things. Um, That's smudging is the burning of the sage. sage. Since I was 18, 19 years old, didn't know why I did it, but I did it. It's just something in you. Yes. Yeah. And um, 
And that's another, sage is another thing that crosses cultures. Crosses cultures. Every, all cultures do it. It's, it's the weirdest, it's not the weirdest thing to me, uh, but I always like finding things that cross cultures. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, speaks to something deeper. Yes. Uh, something spiritual, so be- something, oh, wasn't me that spilt the water. No. <laughs> um. That that is the cool because like how did all of the different native people, whether if it was Cherokee or the Aztec, and the ones in Europe, mm-hmm. how did they know the same thing? They there was no internet, right? No telephone. Something spoke and revealed. Yes. Yeah. They all saged. Yeah. There's some sort of I'll and I'll use my term. There's some type of divine revelation taking yes. place there. Yes. And and. The other thing that crosses cultures is how they all look to nature for these signs and for this revelation. Yes. And not that nature itself is revealing it, but it's being revealed through nature. Right. To them. Right. The, uh, but yeah, this, that's like uh, uh, when I contacted you about whether I should get a massage or whatever, what type of massage I or should get. Or Reiki, yes. Right, and you recommended Reiki, and Ashley uh, did the Reiki. Which I'm gonna tell you something here in a second, which is really really weird. Uh, I found out this the chakras. Yes. So explain the chakras real quick. Okay, so we have seven main chakras, mm-hmm. which is your energy field. And again, this is scientifically proven now, even though it was known before. And Science. for some people, it's still gonna be woo woo. Yes, but just listen um, to this, and I'm gonna break something down here in a second. So you have. Your root chakra, your sacral chakra, um, your root chakra is about safety. Your sacral chakra is more about your sexuality, which can mean more things than that. Then you have your solar plexus, which is about around your core of your mm-hmm. stomach. That's your fire. That's your powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Then you have your heart chakra, your throat chakra, and then your third eye, which is your intuition. And everybody has it. Oh, they do. If you hit, if you feel the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, and you got that, ooh, don't something feels weird. That's your that's your intuition. That's the inner you. That's right. <laughs> and then you have your crown chakra. That's the top of your head. And each one has a color, and each one has movements, and there's there's lots of things to them and properties to them. Okay, so uh, before doing it, yes. And you say, I know you, you'll do your research. I said, well, I'm not too deep because I yes. want to find out. But I did do some research, and, and I found out in the Kabbalist, am I saying that right? In Kabbalah, the Jewish mysticism, they have something very similar. Okay. They don't call them chakras, but there's seven energy fields. And yes. They're located in the exact same location. And... uh the root chakra, which you term as root chakra, they call the yesod. It's Y E S O D, and it's the same meaning, the foundation. And if you take the Kabbalic uh, energy fields, uh, I think they refer to it as tree of life. Okay. <clears throat> Their tree of life, which is another thing that crosses cultures. Yes. Every culture has this tree symbology. So your root chakra is defined as the same thing as how, well, not yours, but the, the root chakra is defined as the same thing as the Kabbalah uh, Yasod. It's that foundation. 
It's that okay. that grounding, yeah. I guess. Yes. And I thought that was unique. When you were doing the Reiki, I got my eyes closed. I don't know because I, I I didn't watch. My right. eyes are closed. I'm in this meditative type sleep, I guess, almost. And then when I come out of it, uh, I experienced I was experiencing pain in a certain part of my body at one point, and it was in my pelvic region. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Why am I experiencing pain here? And I'm like, well, okay, just lay here, breathe through it, breathe through it. I come out of it. She brings me a glass of water, and she says, your uh, your root chakra is out of balance. But I'm like, why is my pelvic region? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. was my woo-woo moment. Yeah. And I didn't tell you that then because I thought, wait a minute. I need to think on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's... It, but I didn't know what you meant by out of balance. That was my thing. So out of balance can mean a couple of things. We can be slow or sluggish, uh-huh. or you can be excessive. Right. And not... But which one was I? I don't know. <laughs> do you just know that it's out of balance, or do you... Yeah, so we can talk more and define, like, you can tell me some of the things that you that's you're experiencing, and then I can say whether if you're excessive or sluggish in that um, I think I was in a the way I took it after thinking about it because more I read about the the Kabbalah being my foundation and then uh, this being root over here the more I got to thinking about it I'd just gone through the past of my father and just everything was I just had all these balls in the air and I'm I'm constantly juggling this okay what's going on with mom over here I got the cows over here oh my god I got to get to work. I got to. I had no uh, anchor to say, okay, this is me. This is what I'm doing. Yes. It's because I'm now I'm this. Now I'm that. Now I'm this. Now I'm that. That's what I went and focused on. And, and I'm still so you very are, much doing that. You are in a, you are not grounded. Right. So our root shockers is where we're grounded. And you were in a, not that you wasn't feeling safe, but it, there was a security issue because there was just so much going on that was pulling you in different directions that kind of there was a security. It was like you right. don't even know where. Yeah, I didn't know where to begin. Yes. I mean, you don't yeah. ever deal with something like that till you deal with something like that. Yes. And although there's books, you don't find them until you have to look for until them. Until you have to have them, yes. <laughs> yeah. So. nobody's teaching you oh, okay when someone so passes this is what you do i mean right. i didn't know any of that stuff right well i did in one sense because i haven't been a minister i've watched a lot of people go through this yes and if being in the ministry has benefited me in any way in life it's things like that because um i think i told you both that uh, i know what's going to happen in my body. I don't I I don't have the emotional type of grieving that a lot of people do. Okay. I just don't, but I know it's going to wreak havoc on my body. Yes. Cuz one of the first things I did was come to yoga. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to come to yoga, I need to stretch this out, I need to work this out. I know what this is going to do to my body. Uh I mean even like some internal issues I've been having and somebody said you need to go see a doctor. No, I know what this is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you've been doing a little self-healing on Mm -hmm. your own for so long that you know that. 
But for the new people that don't, that don't, that's something that you start learning through this type of practice because we're so detached from our bodies and our emotions. We don't really want to feel. Mm-mm. And you're running so much every day that you don't stop long enough to feel. So until you do that yoga class where you stop and you're sitting in a yoga pose for a minute mm-hmm. or two. Yeah, I never know. Or ten. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm like, how long have I been doing this? Yeah. And you don't have a clock up for me to find out. So. <laughs> I it's probably on purpose. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm and I can't look at my watch if I was wearing one because my hand's way over I'm here. Way over there, yeah. It's not even connected to the body anymore. Yeah, I grew up in a Baptist church. We watched that clock. <laughs> That's right. so we don't have that near. So. We don't have that near. Um, the, um, <clears throat> well, you're right. If you've, if you've not uh, had the experience of watching yourself or learning your body or listening to your, your body and your mind and your emotions and something tragic like that happens, you don't know what's going on in your head. You don't know what's going on in your body. You're not able to say, okay, this is a result of that. And it took me a while to get there. And having watched families go through this, I've seen what they do. And so when this happened to me, one of the first things I did that night was sit down with my brother. I said, look, this is what's going to happen with you. This is where you're at right now. And yeah. this is, you need to pay attention to this because this will affect your marriage. This will affect your health. This will affect you. So Absolutely. you need to be watching for these things that's going to take place. This is what's going to happen with mom, blah, 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 blah. He said, what's going to happen with you? I said, I'm going to bury it. I'm going to suppress it. I'm going to get through this week. I'll do the funeral. I'll do the graveside. I'll focus on mom after that. And this will eventually start working its way through me physically. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. He said, well, you don't need to let that happen. That's what I do. And I said, I know what to look for, and I know what I'm going to do to help mitigate that. And one of those things was um, I I enjoy adult beverages. I won't be enjoying as much of them because I know what happens. Right. It's a depressant, Yes. and it's going to take me down a, a, a bad rabbit hole. So I'm going to cut back on that. I'll do the yoga, I'll do more mindfulness, I'll do more reading, because yes. that is a relaxing thing for me. And that's what helped me get through it. But yeah, I thought that was the weirdest thing when Ashley says, yeah, your uh, your root chakra is out of balance. I'm like, my root, that's in my pelvic area. And I start experiencing pain. Yes. Yeah. Is you, that just a coincidence? Not necessarily, because what she was doing during the Reiki was also providing healing to that area. And so you would have felt something. I felt something happening. Yeah. And um, one of my first Reiki experiences, I felt like there was a, a band or a strap, like I was held down on the table. I, I couldn't lift my arms. In my mind, I was trying to lift my arms, and I physically couldn't because I felt like there was a band on me. Yeah. holding me down. And that was some of the things that was being worked through in my Reiki practice was about my safety. and. Well, I know if you go on YouTube, because I went on YouTube afterwards. Okay. And I'm looking at this Reiki stuff. And there's a lot of naysayers out there. Yes. A lot. Mm-hmm. And you watch some of this, you think, okay, that's just 
That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when yeah. you watch some of these Reiki things. But I purposely didn't do that before. Let me let me just see what my experience is. Right. I can't deny I felt something. Right. Now, if that Reiki therapy was just a, something to help me learn what I need to focus on, my root, my foundation, my grounding, or I was actually some healing taking place there, I don't know. I do know I physically felt something, and I did learn something. So am I encouraging people to do it, discouraging people to do it? I'm just telling you my story. That's just my story. And you, your story is you physically felt I something. I physically felt something. And that was before I went into Reiki training. And uh, so. And she's not talking to me during it. So she's not guiding me. This isn't where you're no. leading me to feel something. We're like a guided meditation. Right. Right. You're just. You're just. It's quiet. It's quiet. Or music. She could have been sitting in the corner the whole time. I don't know. Right. <laughs> My eyes were closed. <laughs> She was. <laughs> she could have. Yeah. Any. Yeah. You don't know what's. Because I did close my eyes. I yes. don't know if other people do, but I yes. did. Yeah. And so you don't. You don't know, and yet you felt something. Right. Yes. So there's my woo-woo <laughs> thing. Now Reiki's not Native American, though. Reiki is um, Japanese. Okay. So you yoga. I'm trying to get the the the. The path here. Uh, you start doing yoga. You're experiencing your own healing mentally, emotionally, physically. You you want to share that with others, so you take the 200-hour class. I actually took the 200-hour class once we opened Creekside. So I was doing that while owning and running and operating. A yoga studio. <laughs> A yoga studio. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the things about yoga is not regulated by the government yet. Yeah. And so anyone can at any time decide they want to be a yoga teacher, which is very dangerous. I do totally encourage some sort of training. I um, would too. So you can hurt someone. So if you are taking yoga, know who you're taking it from. And know that either they've done some sort of training or have physically been doing it themselves for quite some time. Which I didn't do either of that. So, yeah. <laughs> just, it's a yoga studio in Athens. Okay, I'll go. You, yeah, absolutely. Um, so... I, I did that. I did. Uh, I I did my Reiki training uh, during massage school as okay. well. Um, but I did my first. So were you licensed massage mas- masseuse massage therapist before or after you opened. Before. <laughs> before. Okay. Yeah. Um, I as soon as I graduated massage school and got my license or applied for my license. I began building the business, and then we were open. So we, massage is regulated by the government? Massage is regulated. Yoga is not? Yoga is not. Are there any fitnesses, fitness disciplines that are regulated? I don't think there are. I don't think jujitsu is regulated. No. I don't believe. So that would fall under a fitness. Yes. Why would massage be different, though? Uh, massage is actually a health, is, we're, we're licensed health practitioners, Okay. As a massage therapist, um, because you can. Well, you it, get, it is it's healing. an insurance. It, it is. I can take insurance if I wanted to. Right. I, I mean, do doctors not. will recommend. Yes. Massage. Yeah. Um. So there, there, there is something. You know, it is a difference in that. Um. Hmm. Yeah. 
that would be the difference. I mean, although I can see, I mean, we've talked very much a lot about the healing aspects of yoga. Right. Um, I can see the difference there. So, okay, so you open up the massage and uh, you license Reiki at that time. Yes. And then you are just hiring yoga? So I was a certified yoga teacher. And there's well, a, but, but you did that after? No. So there's a difference. Oh. So okay. I was a certified. I had done a, a, a like a 25-hour certification. Oh, before, so you were certified. And now I'm a registered yoga teacher. So now there's a, it's sort of like that registered nurse versus a certified nurse. Okay. So now I'm a registered cert, uh, yoga teacher. Um, I'm a registered 500 hour, but my first one was the 200. And so what that is, is I'm on a registration saying that, yes, they verified that I've completed this amount of hours of training. So they being whoever they, you took your class with, there's not one governing body. So there is a foundation who is called Yoga Alliance okay. who is trying to govern yoga so that they are saying, yes, there are true people who have taken the training and these are the people that you really should be taking your training from because they have... They've completed our requirements. They've p- completed the requirements, which, which is where you learn your uh, anatomy and, and your pose breakdowns so that you don't get people hurt right. in a class. So you did the, you, you, you were certified, then you became registered at 200 hours, yes. then you went and found the 500 yes. Native American. What are some others, if I wanted to do it, what are some of the other 500 hour type of um, things I could focus on? S- do I should I go to Every, India and live in a monastery? You can. You, you can. know, I would actually enjoy that. <laughs> and and so that's interesting. That my two hundred hour is through a lady who was taught in India. So and she's local uh, in Nashville. Oh, in Nashville. Yes. So my lineage there is is very short um, when you look at that because. I wanted my training as close to authentic as possible uh-huh. and not your microwave society where you're pumping them out every two or three months. Right. Um, so you, you wanted like an actual yogi. Yes. Would you be called a yogi? I am. A, you're a yogi. I'm a yogi. Anyone who does yoga <laughs> is a yogi. Well, they'll laugh at me sometimes at work because I'll, I'll do that forward fold. Yes. Or I'll do something like that. But I'm just like, dude, I just got to. Stretch out, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. So, was there a title between two hundred, five hundred, and is there one past that? Or no, um, just so it's just the registered yoga teacher or RYT is uh-huh. what you will see, and then you'll see the numbers behind it, and that's the two hundred, five hundred, a thousand. Oh, you can get it more hours. Up. And then the only other thing is you may see an E before the RYT, and that means experienced. And that means you were an RYT for two years. Okay. So um, continuing education, this continuing. yoga alliance. Do they, yes, do they you're required, required so many continuing education every two years. And the more hours you get, so it, when you're at 200, it's maybe like 20 hours. When you hit 500, it's so many more. So the further you go, the more continuing education you have to have as well. Got it. So I, because I did think about the class. Yes. Um, and my life 
I just keep making my life more uh, enjoyable. Uh, you know, starting the podcast, yes. uh, doing these videos I just did for the Chamber of Commerce and stuff like that. So I, I, I didn't, I knew I wasn't gonna have the time to to devote to the class. Yes. But the other thing I kept thinking is, is it worth me as a one? Is it financially? Am I gonna make my money back if I start teaching yoga? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's you the, cannot make a living solely as a yoga teacher. Well, you, and then I thought, and then even as a man, can I make? You can. You can do it. You can absolutely. And, and I won't say. Well, I think if I'm in L.A., <laughs> but I mean in um, East Tennessee. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I won't make my money back for my class. It, it will take you a while. <laughs> it will take you a while, and it depends on how much time you devote to it as trying to teach. Right. Um. It takes a while to do it. Um, but the what you get out of that is for your personal development. That is where I found the most healing was in my training. So you're investing in yourself. You're investing in yourself. And so not everyone who comes out of a training will ever teach a class. Mm-hmm. Um, they may get in there and say, you know what, I've got a lot more growing to do before I want to teach. Right. And so, it, you know, you change in the in that training. Well, I love teaching. And that was my thing. I really, really like te- teaching. Um, but I was thinking about, that. well, if I'm going to invest in myself, should I invest in that? Mm-hmm. Um, then, so, you know, you start Googling guy yoga t- instructors and, you see a lot of things, but but on Instagram, you'll see there's a lot of yogis that have people following them, and they get these crazy, insane poses. Yeah, that's what you start learning in these training. You learn like how on your hands and your yeah. legs up around. Yeah, really in the, in the air. Do, yeah, can you guys do that? Some of it, yeah. Oh, Ashley. Ashley won't talk out loud. She's so gonna be in the I'm going to need you to talk to Ashley for yeah. a minute. Come over here, Ashley. Talk to me about my Reiki. <laughs> Ashley's going Ashley, I've actually taken more uh, yoga classes with Ashley. I've only taken one with uh, you. Yeah, Christy. One or two. Then Ashley uh, did yoga. Ashley, are you okay? Yeah. You are? Good. You're good. Oh, can you hear yourself now? Yeah. You done podcast before? No. <laughs> just, just lift it up a little bit. I'm like, oh, let me. Okay. No, it's it's breaking down over here. Blame it on Christy. It's not you. It's Christy. It's Christy. She got up. <laughs> what got you into yoga? Christy did. How did Christy get you in? Um, just meeting Christy, and then um, just doing yoga yourself yeah. with her. Yeah, just doing yoga with her, and then that got me into, you know, you scratch the surface, and then you just start digging. And you just go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, a good rabbit hole, though. Really? How long have you been doing it? Uh, Three years now. So why was it so good for you? Um, All the same. It's inner work, self-healing. Um, yeah, <laughs> basically, that's just it. Any dramatic change that you can say okay look if it had not been for this then that that you want to talk about um it's just me and you well, I mean, nobody's gonna be watching funny, this um, because like, you notice things um 
I don't know, maybe within two months of doing yoga, I was walking through a parking lot one day. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, I'm sitting, at, I'm like walking, like I'm not looking at the ground. I was looking, holding my head up, walking straight, shoulders were back. And I had to call Christy and tell her. <laughs> she was like, I told you, I told you, see? And it, it is, it's just like, not, I mean, you don't think about it when you walk around and your head's down all the time. No, and I took a class in Portland a few years ago, uh, the Golki method or something like that. Um, it was about poses, not poses, posture. Mm. And it was talking about the importance of posture, the importance of how you stand, and it affects how you feel. And, and this lady had been in on the continent of Africa, and she's working with some indigenous people there, you know, and they carry those things in their head. Mm. And... She got to noticing that they're, they weren't having a lot of the health issues that even her husband, who was there with her, was. But the difference between them was how they stood. Her husband stood, his shoulders all slumped over, his back arched. Um, and so she started working with him. Hey, why don't you stand like these guys? And started working on his poses and how he sits and even the stuff that they sat on. And, and um, within a couple of months, just that made a huge difference in his health and his mental outlook, how he felt about himself. Um, so yeah, yoga for that, you're focusing on these poses. You're getting that self-confidence if I'm hearing what you're saying. Right. Yeah. It's complete mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. And then one day you're walking around and you're just aware that, oh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. This is what yeah. this is about. It's really cool. If people will just give it a try. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just give it a try. Yeah. Are you done? <laughs> She's going to pass it off. She's like, I'm done. Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> the, uh, well, I, I know it's been a, it's, it's, I don't get to do it as much as I want. Um, and for those of you guys that don't have access to a studio, um, how do they, how do they start? Well, I don't have access to this, but YouTube is a great tool. Right. Um, for that. And and look for someone with a larger following. Right. With that, because they've been doing it for a while. And, you know, that's, they're, they're going to know what they're doing. Look for someone, the initials, the RYT. Look for someone who has training. Um, there are videos, DVDs. That's kind of what I used to do. Um, internet's not the greatest. Where, where we're at. Right. <laughs> right. That's kind of like so, where I'm at. I've got Hughes. Yes, exactly. Same thing. So you can't really stream. It's difficult at times. Yes. Um, so definitely DVDs if you're in that type of situation. Um, if you are not able to do the, uh, the, the YouTube. And I don't have any that I can recommend because I've. Not so many. done that, and so I've not had to do that in so long that I don't, I don't even know who has DVDs or those types of things out anymore. Well, I know there's there's one on YouTube that um, my daughter follows, and it's a woman. And the thing about YouTube is though you can find a yoga for where you're at. Yes. So if you just go into YouTube and you type in yoga for senior citizens, yoga for men. Uh, yes. You know, and maybe there's a certain type of yoga you want, like the fit yoga. Yes. There's, it's all out there. You can find it. Just Google it and watch it. And they're, 
Oh, I mean, you guys could do it. Just set up a camera, absolutely, a yoga mat, and hey, we're gonna do a yoga pose and take them through it. Um, that's basically what they do. It's like you're in the class, but it's on TV. Uh, the problem I had for a while was the bed in my room was a king size bed, which I hate king size beds, <laughs> and um, I had no room. Yes, in there. I've since taken that out, and um, I got plenty of room. I don't even have a bed in my room anymore. <laughs> I uh, I moved to sleeping on the floor. Okay. You ever heard about that? I have. It works. Okay. I was having a a, a hip issue. Yes. And um, I tried stretching and stuff like that. I wasn't getting out as much doing the yoga as I wanted. And I moved to sleeping on the floor. And within a couple of weeks, now if I sit a certain way for too long, I'll feel it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, sometimes the way the bed, our beds are, can either be too much cushion and things like that and can actually cause us more harm than good. Well, and, and, and when you wake up in the morning and it's a nice, comfy bed, you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah, no. You just don't want, you just want to snuggle up. You wake up on the floor, you want to get up. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> you, you wake up, you're like, Okay, I gotta get up. Yeah. <laughs> you Let's get, get up. this day started. <laughs> That's, right. yeah. That's what I like about it too. Yeah. Because um, you know, if I just lay there, I I'll waste an hour or two, turn on YouTube or I'll turn on my Pandora. And I'll just lay there mm-hmm. and be all comfy and I'll go back to sleep two or three times. Yes. Not on the floor. Yeah, so that's that sounds uh You should try it. I don't know. <laughs> I got this like mattress warmer thing on the bed, and so I just turn that on, and I I may not leave it. Oh, I'll I I have a heating pad that I because uh, I when I sleep, so I got a yoga mat down, and then a quilt, and I lay on top of that, and then I got uh, body pillows that I use under my knees. Yes. So the like the knee pillows. Yes. And I'll put my heating pad under between my back of my knees and that pillow and just lay back and mm. I'm done yeah I'm done uh it depends on what's going on too I might take some uh uh if I'm feeling jacked because I get off work at 11 30 at night right. and so I might just be feeling all amped up so I'll take some of that CBD oil yes and the melatonin and then I'll lay down and, and I'm out. out but I don't do that all the time um and I don't recommend people doing it all the time because you get too your body gets too used Yes. Things. Yes. And then it requires it. Requires more. More. Right. To, to help. And so, you, you know, the doctors, I would rather someone take melatonin versus a sleep aid. Oh, absolutely. From a prescription or even the the ones over the counter that, that other than melatonin. Yeah. Melatonin is natural. Our body makes it, so it's okay. Um. And and I had I've had a doctor who said I would rather you take as much of that as you want. Yeah. You know, if you're having some issues for a short period and you need to do it every night for a week, do it every night for a week. But you know, rather than the prescription. Usually, I'll take it if I've got because, like I said, I'll get off work at eleven thirty, and if I have like somebody do it nine a.m. or at ten a.m. Yes. Uh, I'll usually take it then because if I don't, I'm gonna stay up till three. Right. And then trying to get up after I've been up, it just doesn't work well for Mm me. That's another thing, back to the rest, you got to learn to sleep. Yes. you got to learn to turn the mind off. And 
you know, turn the screens off. Turn the screens off. Don't sleep with your phone beside you. Well, how's Pandora going to wake me up in the morning? Right. <laughs> what if there's a weather alert? <laughs> yeah, you've got to, like, put it a little distance. You know, don't let it be just... Oh, don't let it, like, laying right next to you. Right, because I that's... have to work for it. Yeah, work for that a little bit. Is it worth it when it dings if it's across the room to go and check it? No. No, you know, just so leave it over there. Um, it, it it causes a stress. And I've actually, I read or saw a documentary uh, where a man was one of the app designer people mm-hmm. or phone designer people. And he said, we created this in a way that you become addicted. And we are. And so your body gets a high from that notification. Yeah, no, it does. if you've not, like, looked at your phone in five minutes or two hours, your body starts to go into withdrawals, just like a drug addict, needing that fix, needing to see... Has someone texted me? Or how many likes did I get on that? Oh, no, I'm, I'm bad about that this one. This or that. So it's that's an addict. It's an addiction. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, even like when we sat down here, I left my jacket over there. My phone's in it. I've heard a couple of times, like, no, stay here. Yeah. <laughs> stay here. Well, that's one of the things that I've, I've also learned and done in my... <laughs> now she's like, well, now I go check my phone. Along this path, I've learned that I really don't like cell phones. I don't like responding. I don't like text messages. I don't like to well, have to be committed to that. Like, so I should like, I start writing letters if well, I have a message to send you? I like the old days when there was like, if you didn't answer your phone, no one was upset. Right. You just wasn't available. They weren't home. And now everyone expects you to be available for them 24-7 because I sent you a text. You need to respond. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're like in Messenger or some of these apps, it shows you if they've read it. Yes. So what I'll do sometimes is because uh, I can't respond right away all the time. Right. Sometimes I'll, it, it'll give me a preview of the message. Yes. But I think if I open this. They know. They know I've read it. Yeah. So I'm not going to open it. So I'll wait like a couple hours. <laughs> So I Is have, that horrible? No. I have the iPhone. So I have that option to have that red. Uh-huh. So if you have an iPhone, you send me a text, you know I've seen it. Yeah. I don't need to send okay. If you sent me a text that was completely informational, mm-hmm. I do not need to respond to that. You saw that I read it. It's you done. You picking up some sass in it's her done. voice? You <laughs> 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 picking up some sass? And I love that. She's like, kiss my southern sass. <laughs> I love it. You know, so, I, yeah. There's a t-shirt up at the sock shop that says that. <laughs> she could get that. Uh, they have a 20% off sale coming up. So, um, the, uh, You're absolutely right. I Now, when I, my children, when I was paying for their cell phones, the rule oh, was. Yes. The rule was that cell phone is for my convenience, not yours. Mm-hmm. Now, when you start paying for your cell phone, you can respond to me when you want. Yes. I will have you know, the day they started paying for their cell phones, (laughs) they don't respond to me uh, in a timely manner. Yes. Uh, Case in point, I told this story here before. You may have heard it. 
my son and ex-wife and her new husband were in a car wreck. They're on I-5, just outside of Portland, Oregon, in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, they were okay, but they needed a ride. And so my son texts my daughter. The next day, she texts back, do you guys still need help? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, that was 24 hours ago. So that... They're- Laughing joke in my friends and family is if you're in an emergency, you don't text Christy. Yeah, I don't text my son or my daughter. I text uh, my son-in-law and my daughter's girlfriend. And, and my response is don't text me for it either. Call me. If you're in a true emergency, pick up the phone and call me. Right, right. You know, I will probably respond a lot quicker and nicer. So in the emergencies I have, <laughs> but but in the emergencies I also call my son-in-law and my, and my uh, son's girlfriend. Uh, but you're right. An emergency call me, but if I need some information that is time sensitive or I need to, you know, I'm, I'm, we'll just go with something that's time sensitive. Mm -hmm. I don't text my daughter and my son. Right. Uh, even if I need to talk to my daughter or my son about something that's time sensitive, I don't, I'll usually text my son-in-law and say, Hey, can you have Kaylee get back to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, my daughter will text Ashley and say, is my mom with you? Because right. I need a response. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get it to her. But that's how that's how it is. And then well, my mom does that now, too, because I'll be taking her someplace. And she's like, well, I'm not taking my phone. Why? Well, they can just call you. Your contacts don't have my phone number. <laughs> so I end up carrying two phones. Uh-huh. Just in case uh, she needs something or somebody needs something, they get in touch with her. I I have a love hate relationship with it, the technology. I think it very much uh, induces the stress that you're talking about. I think it very much uh, distracts us, especially in conversations. I yes. hate going to a restaurant when there's a family there, and they're all all their faces are in their phone. Yes, I hate that. Yes. Uh, and the rule with my kids, when we sat down at dinner, there was no phones. Yeah. No phones at the dinner table. And um, and even when their friends came over, you know, their friend would be there. And they'd be like, hey, don't, don't take the phone. You don't want my dad to freak out. Right. Uh, and I wouldn't freak out. I'm just, you're not having the phone here. Yeah. Um, and that's what I like about, you know, just we, we've lost the art of conversation. Absolutely. And... Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. We, we think our conversations is text message. Text messages to me remind me of post-it notes. Yes. And we shouldn't be doing, and, and I hate it when I get somebody, you ever get that big, long mm-hmm. dissertation in a text message? Yes. I don't read it. Yeah, a three, four, five scroll to try to get to the end of that. Right. No. I don't read it. I've sent back responses. I've not read this. If there's something in this I really need to know, you might want to call me. <laughs> I got the sass again. <laughs> Just picked up on that sass again. What can we call this podcast? <laughs> the um, yeah, no, I do too. Uh, I, maybe I'm not as eloquent as you <laughs> when I reply to them, <laughs> or I just ignore them. Um, but yeah, I have to work on that. Well, how can people find you? Okay, so 
go to our website, creeksidemassageandyoga.com uh-huh. or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Instagram, I'm not as good with, but we are there. I probably haven't been on it in months at this I don't point. Um, but yeah, Facebook and, Inst- and, um, and our website is the way to get us or call. And the number? 423-920-5507. You know what I forgot to talk to you about? What's that? You had a grandbaby. I did. So we had actually scheduled this previously, and my grandson was born last Monday, about nine minutes till midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there. I got to be in the birthing room even. Oh, you were in the room? I was in the room, uh, which <clears throat> was... Amazing because I'm about to take a doula training where I am a birth a birthing doula. So I what's, what's a birthing doula? It's where you assist Remember, mothers. Remember, I'm a guy. It's where you assist the moms to be the moms and the the dads to be, and you're just their emotional support, whatever they need, and that could be health wise. So we will tie our yoga and massage into that as well. Okay. So your emotional support. Okay. So was. So this is your daughter. My daughter. Yes. So uh, was uh, was he in the room? He was in the room also. Was his mother in the room? No. And the funny thing, she's a doula as well. She's in Knoxville. Uh, she did not come for the birth. Was there a reason, or she just uh, just chose not to? She was yeah. invited, just chose not to. So when my children were born, people were just starting to bring their moms and yes. all that into the labor and delivery room. And, and my, my dad's generation had it right. The guy stayed out in the waiting yeah. room. You know? Uh, I, I was there for both of my children. Uh, I thoroughly support a guy's decision to not want to be in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, it's a very intimidating environment for a man. Yes. And it's a very, uh, it can be a very shocking environment, especially my, my last child's birth. Uh, we almost, almost lost them both. Mm-hmm. In labor and delivery, but people were just starting to let them have their uh, parents in there. And of course, you know she's a new mom, and her mom had flown in from Washington, and my mom's a nurse. And that discussion came up, and I said, "Okay." And it might not have been as loving as I thought I was saying it, but I basically said, y- "You've got a choice. Yeah, you can have your mom and my mom in there, and not me." <laughs> <laughs> Or you can have me and nobody else but, you know, medical professionals that are getting paid. Yeah. And uh, we had that discussion. And I, I just did not. One, I've never been in there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I don't know what to expect. And I don't want to deal with my mom and her mom in there. So hopefully right. you guys weren't. Oh, no. It, weren't, he actually. Hopefully you weren't a nightmare to be with. No, <laughs> no. Um. So my son-in-law said, I don't know if I could have done this without your mom this oh. time. Um, the nurse was not very helpful. Mm-hmm. So um, he he said, you know, I I don't think I could have done it without her. I'm so glad she came. Was so it their first? That was their second. Their first one, it was just the two of them in the room. So why did he think this one was more difficult than the? Um, the first time she had an epidural. Oh. And this time she went natural. See, and I've always been told that once you've had an epidural, you can never go. Yeah, I think that's just your way of thinking. I, I'm yeah. not thinking about it. I'm just telling you what. Yeah, I, no, I, I no, not yours. Say. Others. Yeah. I think that that's that's their way. You know. Yeah. 
um, she, I will say, you know, a few minutes in, she went, I made a mistake. I want an epidural. <laughs> the ex-wife and, uh, did that. <laughs> yeah, so. And they're like, honey, it's too late. Yeah, um, but truly, she thought she was working for hours, and she worked for about 15 minutes. She yeah. did not need an epidural. Right. And, um, did so, you have yours naturally? I did. And by natural, we're defining that as no pain meds. No pain meds. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have both of ours naturally. Well, yeah, no, we have both of ours naturally. The second one, like I said, I about lost them both. Her placenta ripped. Mm. And they were trying to decide whether or not to do a C-section or not or let the birth continue. And they, thankfully, they let it continue. Yes. And uh, they both made it through um, a healthy so, and I remember when the doctor was like, hey, you know, cut the umbilical cord. Yeah. I'm like, did I get a discount? <laughs> He's like, no. So then you do it. <laughs> well, dad did do the cutting. Um, I got a picture for him, but dad did the cutting. Oh, uh, and then yeah. And then I left the room, and I let them have. Good for you. The, uh, probably about an hour. Let them, them have that moment. Yes. Yes. And so then when they were ready, they allowed us back in. So, uh, grandson, the other one is a grandson as well. So I've got two grand boys. Oh yeah. That's going to be fun. Yes. Very exciting. And so, uh, first one to hold the baby mom. Oh, yes. Nice. Yes. That's cool. I, I, I look back on those memories and, uh, it was, a, it was a good time. And the first one that she had, she punched me. <laughs> And well, and it wasn't nothing I did. She was just frustrated, reached yes, over and punched me. <laughs> absolutely, I, uh, the the dad was about to get bit, right? And so we found her something to bite on. Right, she was happy. Yeah, it's a. I don't think people understand, and I certainly don't. I've never. I, I joke with people. Hey, I've had two kids, and uh, but um, I certainly haven't experienced that pain. Yes. Is it true? And of course, it's been a while since you've had a baby. I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, but is it true that once it's over, it's over? It's over. Pain's it's over. gone. Pain's gone. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I mean, you would think your body just went through a huge shock, and that. Uh huh. I know, but no. The moment it's done, it's done. If you know, you may have a little bit of a healing thing to happen, but that. That intensity. That intense is all over. I guess the best thing I can explain it to is when I passed the kidney stone. Exactly. I mean, my entire body just went. Where, Whoa. you know, a kidney stone, it may, once it's in the true passing state, it may take moments. Right. And a, a birth can take moments to hours. Mantic days. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I mean, when I first had mine, I mean, it literally put me down. Yeah. And, um. And they told me what it was. They didn't have pain meds at the doctor's office. She had to go get pain meds while I had to go get a, some yes. sort of scan. Yeah. So she went to get the prescription filled. I'm getting a scan. And uh, about two days later, when it finally passed, my entire body just went, Ooh. Right. That's the only word over. I could use to explain it. It's, it's just, Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. And uh, I, I spent that weekend drinking a lot. Yes. Trying to get it to pass to and, mm-hmm. and to flush. Uh, and by drinking a lot, I don't mean water. Right. I was, no. I was drinking alcohol. Right. And I was wanting to numb the pain, and I was taking my pain meds. And at one point, she actually said, should you be taking these meds and drinking alcohol as frequently as you are right now? <laughs> and I said, we'll worry about my addiction issues. Later. Later. Yeah. 
That's right. So that stone passed, and she goes, well, now what? Now I sober up. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. I had to go to work on Monday, and so I spent Sunday, okay, let's drink some water now. Yes. Let's put some food in my body. But uh, that's the closest, and that's what I've always heard people explain it and describe it as, is a man passing a kidney stone is what it's like for a woman to have. Yes. Now, who, who knows for sure? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time and doing this. It's been fun. Thank you. Getting to know you a little bit better and Thank you. finding out your story, and um, it's been good. Yeah, thank Any you. Any questions for me? I don't think so. When are you coming back for class? I, I, you know, my biggest problem is my schedule. Yeah. It's my biggest problem because I saw you have some listed at 9 a.m. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, we were actually just talking about starting that noon one up again for you. For me? Yeah. Well, I could just do a private one if I'm going to do that. You don't have to start it up just for me. Well, we might have others that would be interested oh. as well. Okay. <laughs> but that, just... that time frame is yeah. perfect for your second shift style. It is. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that, that would be perfect. I need to – I've been talking, thinking about setting me up more of a studio-type situation at the house. Um, you know the funny thing about yoga mats? You can spend eight bucks or eighty bucks. Oh yes. What's the difference? Lifetime. So I have a yoga mat that it's probably retails about a hundred and thirty. So is it one of those natural, eco friendly ones? No, no. This one is not. Because um, those are the ones I've seen that's really expensive. They can get yes, um, but that has a lifetime warranty. So your $8 yoga mats, you're going to replace. Every, if you're using it uh-huh. weekly or daily, you're going to replace it every few months. Should a yoga mat be thin or thick? Thin. Why is that? The thickness um, can actually cause carpal tunnel issues. Um, so if you're needing it thicker for, let's say, your knees, use you can fold it up or use knee pads. Okay. So the yeah. purpose of a yoga mat and doing yoga? You're going to die. To define your space, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Slippery depending on your floor surface, but it's to define your space. And most p- newbies are hard to understand that. They want their yoga mat and three feet around them. Uh-huh. When truly in a advanced yoga class, a yo- yoga mats will be inches apart. Well, and I've wondered about that because there's that one where you lay on the ground and you stick your leg way over here. And you, wouldn't I be in your space? You would be. You would be. But what's wrong with that? I don't know you. <laughs> so it's it's getting back to, we're getting back to your, your comfort zone. Comfort zone. And we are. What the smell? Well. <laughs> You probably we probably all smell after about an hour, right? Um, but you yeah. get back to you played sports. Yeah, it's the same thing. You tackled somebody or well, I wrestled. Wrestled, perfect. I, I wrestled, but mm-hmm. I knew you, and you're a guy. <laughs> um, it's not a stranger in a yoga studio that's got their foot over on me. Yeah. Yeah, so so I get what, the want my space thing, but yeah. I couldn't imagine being. Mm-hmm. That and close. so what would happen is, you know, this person's f- 
unfolding that way as well. So you're all going if we're all in the going same, the same direction. direction, it works out real well. So that's probably why if I fold this way, you have me look that way. Yes. That way I'm not paying attention to where. Because that one's looking at you too. And if it's actually looking at you, you are all laughing. <laughs> the eyebrows talk. Her eyebrows talk. The um, so the yoga mats just seemed, and that's when I was first getting one. I didn't know you had yoga mats down there that I could just use. So yeah. I thought, well, I'm gonna go buy me a yoga mat, which I lost. How do you lose a yoga mat? I do. Yeah. I know where I lost it, but um, the uh, I uh went and bought one. But before I bought one, I thought I need to study up on these. And I'm like, I'm not spending hundred something dollars for a yoga mat to take a class. I may never do never again. Never do again. And so I finally found one, eight to ten dollars. Uh, but I, what I was reading is that you want them, you don't want them really thick because of the whole balance thing. You, yes. you want to have some sort of foundation. Yes. So your yoga mat is truly defining just your space that you're working in. Okay, so it's not a, not a major tool. Because you had said one time that you can do it anywhere. You don't need a mat. Nope. And you just need your body and yes, just do it anywhere. Yes. Yeah. So that's the... Uh, the other thing with your yoga mat, if you're doing it at home, mm -hmm. you lay one out. Leave it laying open and in the floor, and you will work on it. But if it's rolled up in the corner, you don't see it, you will not use it. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, it's kind of like going to the gym. The hardest part is walking through the walking door. Walking through the door. Right. Or mm -hmm. if you're a runner putting yeah. your shoes on yeah so if it's out i'm going to use it if it's not just rolled up it's a it's out of sight out of mind, out of mind. Mm -hmm. i want to forget about it no i left mine i started carrying mine in my vehicle and i was it sounds of summer and i don't take out a camp chair so i would just take my yoga mat and yeah. fold it in half and i'd sit on that absolutely because i found sitting like we are mm -hmm. is better for my posture a lot yes. of times and so I would just sit on the ground like that and, you know, just same way you are. Normal. And it, it's Indian style. Mm -hmm. Well, crisscross applesauce now, we can't say Indian style. <laughs> People get upset. Yes. Uh, but you're right. It's uh, sitting like that and my posture is better and I enjoyed it much more. Well, I got done doing that and then I interviewed a guy and got distracted and left. And oh. I don't know where my yoga mat went, but it was eight bucks. Yes. I didn't care. So I went and bought another one. But uh, my daughter's got like 10. Yeah. I have three. I have one that I will not travel with because it's heavy. Okay. Why is it so heavy? It's the lifetime. Oh, it's the lifetime one. Yes. Okay. So it's, it is better built. Um, so it's also for, you know, if you, it's not so foamy when you get sweaty. Yeah. So it's not absorbing your sweat. You wipe it off at the end. So it, there's a little difference. And then I've got those little cheap, lightweight ones that I'll take with me when I go hiking or doing something. And so I can sit on it or do yoga or, you know, leave it behind if I forget it and not worry about losing the money on the other one. Right. And that's the thing I like about that one. I thought, that's not that big a deal. It's eight bucks. And hopefully mm -hmm. somebody finds it and uses use it. it. And that karma... Yes. I guess we'll travel with them and uh, they'll be good. Yes. My friend, namaste. Namaste.